0: What's up, everybody? This is Mike Kosicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins. And welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi.
1: Hello, hello. And today we're going to start off with a big signing. I believe we just got the news about today. Um, Trevor Bauer was signed with the Dodgers, three years, $102 million. And then, so in 2021, Bauer will get $40 million, And in 2022, he'll get $45 million. Um
0: this it's was- just a wild contract. Like A, Dodgers are a super team. They were already a super team. Now they're really a super team. B Trevor Bowers overpaid. One good 60 game season, but he had a very he had a very good 60 game season. But year before that, uh year before that, he's not that great with the Reds. He traded midseason from the Indians after that, chucking the ball over the center field fence incident. He wasn't that great last season. He's way overpaid, in my opinion. Trevor Bauer is a borderline top 10 starting pitcher in baseball. And he's being paid like he's by far the best.
1: So, yeah, I'd agree that he was overpaid. I mean, the thing about Trevor Bauer is he's being paid like he had a full season with an 173 ERA and a whip of 0.795. And the reality is, A, he only had 11 starts because of the 60 game season. And, B, you do have to look at what he did before that. Um, he, He's... Besides this year, he's only had one ever season with an ERA under four, and that was twenty eighteen when he had a great year with an ERA of two twenty one, and then a whip, um, and then a whip of one point oh eight nine. But I mean, he he hasn't been consistently a great pitcher. He's been consistently basically an
0: average pitcher. Right. He's, He's a borderline top ten starting pitcher in baseball, and I only say that because of this year. What?
1: Because of what he did this year.
0: Right, only because of what he did in the 11 starts he had this year. But what he did in the 11 starts he had this year was excellent. 1.73 ERA, 276 ERA plus, a rounded up whip to 0.8, fewest hits per nine, 12.3 strikeouts per nine innings to 2.1 walks. He pitched... Really, he pitched insanely well this season, but he's inconsistent, and he, well,
1: he wasn't inconsistent in the eleven games this year. Over no, he's the- he's
0: inconsistent, and in, he's shown he's inconsistent. Yeah, in the over the course past of, the years of his career, career. He's
1: had some great starts, but he hasn't consistently been an amazing pitcher.
0: Right. I mean, he's had ERA.
1: I mean, look at these. Look at this. Obviously, the one seventy three this year. He's never had his best ERA besides the twenty eighteen year was a four eighteen. Yeah, I just. Right and right. Yeah, so let me let me me show you this. Trevor Bauer got like forty to forty five mil a year. Garrett Cole got thirty six mil a year. Right. These were Garrett Cole's stats. And first of all, I'll say Garrett Cole did this in 33 games while Trevor Bauer did his in 11 games. Garrett Cole, 250 ERA, whip of 0895 in 33 starts. Just that is very good. ERA plus of 185. Okay? Then before that, 288 ERA, whip of 1033, ERA play playoff era plus of um 144 and then i mean you look but he had an off year in 2017 but before 2017 he then had eras in the mid threes with a great year in 2015 with a 260 era an era plus of 149 and a whip of 1091 right Right. he's someone that's consistently been a great pitcher unlike Garrett cole and yet he's getting paid less
0: unlike you mean the other way around. You said, unlike Garrett Cole.
1: Oh, unlike Trevor Bauer. Sorry.
0: Right. I mean, I want to look back to his last full season, which was last year in 2019. He had 34 starts, and in those 34 starts, put a 4.48 ERA, which is not good whatsoever. A 106 ERA plus, which is, which is really not good. A FIP of 4.34. A whip of 1.249. He gave up nearly eight home runs per nine innings. Eight, excuse me, eight hits per nine innings. He just was not a good pitcher last season. One time, well, two time, one time All-Star, because there was no All-Star game this season, back in 2018 with with Cleveland. But of a 2.2-1 URA in 175 innings pitched. That was a solid year for Trevor Bauer, right? He was sixth in Cy Young.
1: That was a very good year.
0: Right. He was a very good year. Sixth in Cy Young voting, led the league in FIP, led the league in home runs per nine. But you look at the course of his career, as you said, he has played one, two, three, four, five, six, six and a half full seasons. If you want to count 2020, six full seasons one time his era has been under four and it's been it's consistently over four he's not a very good he's just not a very good pitcher in my opinion but i feel the need to mention
1: this you can't say trevor is not a very good pitcher after this year he's still a very good pitcher like if you're saying he's a verge top 10 pitcher that's still a good pitcher right um because of what he did this year and what he showed in 2018. You can say that over the course of his career, he hasn't consistently been a great
0: pitcher. Right. But the, uh, the, the thing I want to talk about with this, I think he was overpaid, but he's still a good player. But Trevor Bauer completely trolled the New York Mets.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
0: Right? He had a – it was his link tree – he had a one of his links. The link to his website said LFGM. He had a couple shirts up for a couple minutes that was like, "Welcome to New York," like like just Mets related things. Then last night, Bob Nightingale reported the Mets and Trevor Bauer reportedly have a deal, which they didn't obviously. So I extremely disliked the New York Mets organization. So that was pretty funny to me.
1: I mean, you don't like the Mets organization because they're in your division, like yeah, because against the organization themselves.
0: No, I don't like the Mets because they're rivals with the Nationals.
1: Exactly. So.
0: Well, yeah, don't like. Yeah, the Mets. I
1: think it's a bit much for Bauer with what he's done in the past and the fact that he only had 11 starts to see I think you give him 33 mil a year, even right. up to 35 mil a year. But I but... say like. 32, 33 milli years, the right range for him.
0: Right. But the Dodgers rotation has three Cy Young yeah. winners. I mean, they have Kershaw, they have Price, who's not that good anymore. He's injured all the time. And now they have Trevor Bauer also. Well,
1: they're, they're top, their top, rotation is going to be Bauer, Kershaw, or Kershaw-Bauer, and then Bueller.
0: Right. Those are their top three guys. Yeah. but
1: And I'd say this signing put them I, – I, I had the Padres – Winning um, the the NL, but I'd say this signing puts him above it.
0: Right. It was kind of like a it was a response signing, right? They saw what the Padres were doing, and they they knew they had to come in big with something, and they they came up with Trevor Bauer. But yeah, I mean, nothing
1: yeah. against the Padres. They've obviously had a a very good um, off season.
0: Yeah, and the, the free agent start in pitching market still includes Jake Odorizzi, James Paxton, Jake Arrieta, Rich Hill, Rick Porcello, and Cole Hamels, who are the, the headliners left. So it'll be interesting to see where, they're, where they go now that the big fish is off the market.
1: Looking at it right now, what do you think the Padres are going to do? Because obviously Darvish, Snell, and Lamette are locks. But then out of Paddock, Clevenger, and Musgrove, who do they take? take
0: out musgrove i think that's pretty i 100% fair.
1: agree but i don't think they would sign musgrove to do that like they either sign musgrove to bring him to you don't sign they, they traded
0: for musgrove
1: him. true but
0: i don't think they, he, he could, could be trade deadline trade bait yeah,
1: i, I think i think you move musgrove to the pen
0: they they either they're either planning to move musgrove to the pen or is clevenger still out this season he had what? tommy john i'm pretty sure
1: um no i think he's back
0: he might be back but if he's not, then Musgrove's the fifth guy, or they move him to the pen. But I think that fits him better because he's not a great starting pitcher, but he has some pretty good stuff.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Trevor
0: Bauer in his last outing in the game one of the NL All-Card round, he seven great. and two. Seven and two-thirds scoreless innings, striking out 12, two hits, no walks.
1: Look, I have nothing against what Trevor Bauer did this year. Trevor Bauer deserved the side. Young, he had an amazing year. I just don't think you can take this year and give him that much money.
0: I agree. I completely agree. You cannot – I've been saying this for a while now. You cannot take much from this season. Yeah. Right? It's a little bit different for pitchers, but still the main thing is – can't take the season into much of an account right so we're gonna move on here to some nba stuff we have our all-star voting we did this based on what we think it should be not any sort of predictions but rafi do you want to start us off with your guards in the east
1: um, so really quick, I just want to say we're doing the starting lineup because I believe, yeah. Um, so you vote for the starting lineup for East and West, and then they just choose on the be- the bench by who got the votes and by obviously the players and the coaches who vote. Right. But um, uh, so I guess I'll start off with the West, um, and I'll start off with my first front court. Yeah, let's just do our two front courts. right. start off, I had Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Um,
0: I also have Damian Luka. I think if you have anyone else, you're just deluded. I I don't know what to say. I think Luka Doncic was the MVP frontrunner for a little bit. I think it's more – I'm leaning more towards Embiid or Jokic, but Luka Doncic is incredible. He's 21, 22, whatever he is, but this season – He's he's having a crazy year, 45% from the field. He's struggling a bit from the three this season, only shooting 29%, but 27 points per game, 9.4 assists, 8.8 rebounds, just having a fantastic season.
1: Yeah. So then, I mean, like you said, Luka Doncic, I mean, I think one thing that really set it apart for me was that he's, He's a guard-ish, but right. he is playing that guard role, and yet he's getting eight point eight boards per game. Right. I mean, he's just helping his team out any way he can. Eight point eight boards, nine point four assists, and then twenty-seven point two points. Um, right. He's he, he's even not terrible on defense. Mainly, just could be because of his size. Right. But but
0: he's gee, he's just an excellent player he's how old is he he's 21 just nothing bad I can say about Luka Doncic like him he seems like a cool guy but Damian Lillard as well 29.1 points per game uh nearly a steal per game 7.3 assists only four rebounds but he is a score first point guard but Damian Lillard um
1: yeah, Damian Lillard's had a had a great year. Also, the only person I think you could put above Lillard is Steph Curry. But I think it just came down to the fact that I think Lillard is doing more for his team.
0: Yeah, I like, agree. As well as the
1: 29.1 points versus Curry's um 28.2. Curry has... assists and 5.5 boards, while Lillard has 7.3 assists and 4.6 boards, which for someone his size isn't bad.
0: Right. And Damian Lillard is also incredibly efficient 37% from three, 45% from the field this year. Just excellent. Takes about 10 threes per game. But He's, he is just a great player. she 94% from the free throw line this season. Yeah. But he is truly, truly an excellent NBA player.
1: Yeah. All right, so going on to my um, uh front court. I guess last time I did guards, but I think I said front court. That's my bad. Um, my front court is Nikola Jokic, LeBron James,
0: and Carl Anthony Towns. I have Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, and I slid in Christian Wood in there.
1: Yeah, so here's here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Christian Wood. And I think that in reality, Christian Wood deserves to – well, Christian – either Chris, either Christian Wood um, or – well, yeah, I'd say Christian Wood deserves to make this over LeBron James – not over Carl Anthony Towns, but I'd say over LeBron James. But LeBron's not going to not make the All-Star game. He's LeBron. Like, you can't put him out of your All-Star lineup. But I do want to shout out Christian Wood because I do think that out of these three, LeBron James deserves it the least. Mm And, but
0: he's going to get it no matter yeah. what.
1: It's almost like you can't say he deserves it to the least because what he did to deserve it is what he did his whole career, not what he did this year. Right. But out of just this year, I think LeBron
0: deserves it the least. Um, but, yeah, Christian Wood, 22 points per game, one and a half blocks, 10 rebounds, averaging a double-double. He's he's efficient. He's 50, 59% from the field if you round up. And 42% from three. He only takes about four and a half three pointers per game. But when you're starting big in the NBA, shooting 42% from three is excellent.
1: Yeah. Um, look, I think that. So, also, I'll talk about Carl Anthony Towns real quick. Going into this year, I thought Carl Anthony Towns was kind of overrated. A lot of people say he's underrated. But I say I was saying he's kind of overrated, and this year he's kind of just taking that out of my mind. He's averaging twenty two points a game, for four point three assists and twelve point five boards. He's averaging a triple, triple double. Uh, if you when you're averaging twelve point five boards a game, you always know that's good. And one thing is, you he's averaging six, he's averaging six free throws per game, and he's shooting ninety six percent from the line, right, which is insane. Right when you're averaging um six point three attempts per game and you're making six six attempts per game, it's
0: crazy. It's a whole new factor. Yeah. Right? You can have your best player be able to stay in at the end of games. He can he's able to stay on the court in all scenarios. Um
1: yeah, and then I mean three he's thirty seven percent from the line. Um, which is, is is for a center, honestly? It's um, respectable. Yeah.
0: I uh, want to point out Nikola Jokic really quickly. Twenty six points per game, eight point four assists, eleven rebounds. Arguably the MVP right now. He's having just a great season on the Nuggets. I mean, shooting fifty seven percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three. He's extremely efficient. He's a most talented big man in the NBA right now. He can do it all. He can pass. He can rebound. the better
1: passing centers of all time.
0: Right. He can run up and down the court. He can score. He can do everything for you. He's taken a big leap this year, which is saying something, because last year he was arguably the best center in basketball. I think he was the best center in basketball last season. Mm -hmm. And to say he's taken a step up from that is wild.
1: Yeah. honestly, I think Jokic has taken a step up, but yet I'd say he hasn't had the best year for a center. Um, I'll talk about the person I think has had the best year for a center, but he is doing amazing, just twenty-six point one points per game, you know, eight point four assists, eleven point seven rebounds. And then even like thirty-eight percent from the um three eighty three percent from the line. I mean, those are just some great stats there. 56% field goal percentage. Like, yeah. And then my next person, like I said before, I think Christian Wood for what he did this year might deserve it over him. But I can't take LeBron out of here. And LeBron has still had a great year. 25.1 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 7.7 assists. And honestly, I think LeBron might deserve it over him just because LeBron – just
0: because of those assists. Which, honestly, I mean, yeah, it's LeBron – He's he's we have him in the forward category at least I do because when you do vote he is in the forward category but he's a point guard yeah no well, matter how you put he's, it he's, he's a point he's guard he's a
1: forward that plays point guard
0: right but he's he's a he's he plays point guard but twenty five points per game seven point seven assists seven point eight rebounds he's efficient with it he's arguably the greatest player of all time shooting forty percent from three. Just, which is the best of his career so far. Of You know, we're only about halfway through the season. Just incredible numbers. Maybe, Car- I think Carl Anthony Towns probably deserves it over him. But it's not an all-star game if LeBron James isn't in it.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I agree. You got to put him in there. Yeah. All right, so going on to the East, I will start off with our guards. My guards are... Um, currently my favorite player in the NBA, except for possibly Grayson Allen. Um, Lord. Bradley Beal and James Harden.
0: I Um, also have Beal and Harden.
1: So, Bradley Beal, in my opinion, has probably, debatably, been the best player in the NBA. I
0: I think if the Wizards make the playoffs, he's no doubt the MVP.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, 34.8 points. And the thing is... Look, you look at Bradley Beal's 4.6 assists per game and you think for a guard, that's not great. But Bradley Beal has to do everything on his own with that team.
0: Right. Like, Russell Westbrook when, is not great and inefficient. And, yeah,
1: Russell Westbrook has no help. Well, in games when Bradley Beal, you know, racks up assists, those are the games that we have less points than the other team.
0: Right. Uh Like – When um, Brad- Bradley Beal – is constantly in full control of the offense, yeah. and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just, yeah. I think he's has the best season of anyone in the yeah, league I mean, halfway through. You
1: get your guys on defense. You get, if you're the Wizards, you know, you put your guys in for defense. Obviously, you can't not care about offense besides Brad DeWille. Right. Like, you get good defenders in there and just right, leave you'll do stuff stuff. I mean he's averaging eight point four free throws attempted per game. He gets to the line, eighty seven percent. Um right I mean forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, and just as an over just as an overall scorer, he's amazing. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he's amazing just as an overall scorer. And what right.
0: he scored that- twenty five yeah. plus points in seventeen straight games. Yeah. Which is the one, most of all time. One
1: thing that I think has been shown this year that has put Bradley Beal, like, he's taken a leap this year because of it, is his defense. Right. Bradley Beal was never an amazing defender, but this year, it's just the hustle and, like, he, the defense is, he's just been a good defender.
0: Right. I'm going to talk a bit about James Harden. He was in a lot of news in the beginning of the season, obviously with the big trade to the to the Nets and everything. I was very doubtful about this trade, but I I'm wrong. I'll I'll admit it. I'm wrong. He's averaging 24 points per game, 11.2 assists, which leads the league, 6.8 rebounds.
1: Yes, he he's such a
0: good. He's such an effortless scorer.
1: He has 12 assists like, a game, I think.
0: I'm looking at basketball references, 11.2 for me.
1: Not what it says on mine. Are they in the middle of the game right now? we have. I don't know.
0: Well, it says 12 for Brooklyn and 11.2 for total. So that's it. But 6.8 rebounds.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm looking at – never mind.
0: Right. 88% from the free throw line. He gets the line a lot. Obviously, he gets fouled. He gets fouled a ton. But 7.4 free throw attempts, he's – Yeah, Brooklyn. It's just Brooklyn basketball right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, great player. I also had doubts about that, but he's shown up and I think that Kyrie Irving has taken the step down that he's needed to. I mean, he hasn't been in like has Kyrie Kyrie Irving came back. What a little bit ago,
0: he came back. Week ago, maybe two yeah. weeks now.
1: Um, ever since he's been in, I think he's given up the ball. Look, he's right. held the ball a little bit less, let KD and Harden do their stuff, right? And I think it's working out in Brooklyn, honestly. Yeah, and I think someone you could argue should go above him is Trey Young,
0: yeah, I think for Trae sure. Young
1: 26.6 points per game, nine assists, and four rebounds. But I just think you know, the assists. The assists and even the boards put Harden above him.
0: Right, Harden's also pretty efficient with it. I mean, forty-six percent from the field when you're taking sixteen shots a game is pretty is is pretty good. And thirty-six percent from the three. He's I like when you just watch James Harden play. He just looks so effortless scoring the ball. Right, like takes those step backs he just releases it like it's nothing he's just a fun player to watch he's a great player i think he is i was he's proved me wrong in this trade yeah so um I'll move so. on here to my east forward starters i have kevin durant and i think the MVP mvp front runner Joel Embiid then I put Giannis Antetokounmpo in, but I think you can – there's a few arguments for players like Gordon Hayward, mostly just Gordon Hayward, maybe Jason Tatum, but Gordon Hayward mostly. So I
1: do not have Giannis in, and I don't have either Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum in. Um Who do you have in? I have Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, and Julius Randle. Um, so – um, I'll, we'll get to that later. I'll just really quickly go by these other two because we obviously we know about them. But, um, Kevin Durant, 30.8 points per game, 5.2 assists, 7.5 rebounds. I mean, just the main guy in Brooklyn. And he's been doing – he's been doing great. You know, 45 – 45% from the three, um – Fifty-three percent from the field. Like, obviously, he's doing great. And yeah. Joel Embiid, um, twenty-nine point one points per game, ten point eight boards. Just watching him demolish the Wizards was crazy. But um, he's right now either him or Bradley Beal is my MVP front winner.
0: Right. The only issue with the Bradley Beal MVP campaign is. That the Wizards are horrible. But if he's able to carry the Wizards to the playoffs, which are only like a game and a half out, I think, right now. Brad, there's no doubt in my mind, Bradley Bill's the MVP. But the Wizards don't look for if they're gonna make the playoffs right now. So for that reason, it's gotta be Joel. Yeah. So I'll move on here to the only controversial one we have. I think I picked Giannis.
1: And I got Julius Randall.
0: Yeah, I picked Julius Randle. He's a just a massive surprise this season. But I picked Giannis, 27 points per game. Uh, the turnover numbers are a bit high, 3.8. But he's an excellent defender, 1.1 1. 1 blocks, 1.1 1. 1 steals. Obviously the reigning defensive player of the year. But six assists, 11 rebounds a game. He's not great from the line, but he's only shooting 60% but he's pretty efficient elsewhere, 56% from the field, 28% from three, which is obviously not great. But to think if Giannis could improve his three-point shot to maybe like 33%, 34%, that would be frightening to any.
1: Yeah, fight. I think, like, okay. That's just, the only
0: weakness of his game is you can foul him and he's not an excellent free-throw shooter or three-point okay, Giannis,
1: Giannis is averaging 27 points a game. Julius Randle is averaging 22 points a game. Julius Randle is averaging six assists a game. Giannis averaging six assists. In Giannis, 11 rebounds. Julius Randle, 10 rebounds. Those stats are very similar, giving Giannis the, the, a bit of... Uh, a bit above then look at this when those stats are that close and then you look at three point percentage 39 versus three point percentage 28 free throw percentage 60 free throw percent free throw percentage 80 um field goal percentage 47 field goal percentage 56, which is very good. But you look at the stats, they're mostly similar, except for Julius Randle getting a bit of the edge, which, and also I just think the fact that Julius Randle has absolutely no one around him. Like Julius Randle, the Knicks are just out of the playoffs, and that's purely because of Julius Randle. Like Giannis might have better stats, but the fact that, that the Knicks are 10 and 13 is purely because of Julius Randle.
0: Yeah, I didn't take that type of thing into co- a bunch of consideration. I generally don't with the all-star picks. Awards is a bit of a different story, but all-star game, not I, yep. simply based off of player performance, and I think Giannis has a slight edge in stats, um, so I gave it to him. So I want to throw in Gordon Hayward's name really quickly. He's elevated his game immensely this season, and I thought he was way overpaid when the Hornet, Hornets signed him but he's averaging 22 points a game, uh, half a block, a steal, 3.9 assists, five rebounds. He's a strictly scoring type of guy, but he's very efficient, shooting 50%, which when you're shooting 16 shots a game is very good, and 43% from three, which is excellent. So, yeah, I think he just deserves a bit of a shout. Uh,
1: So someone I do want to give a shout-out to that I think – that could have gone in front of Julius Randle for that last spot, that also isn't Gordon Hayward. For that number three spot, I got three people above Gordon Hayward. I like take, Gordon Hayward's I'd game. I take Jason Tatum over Gordon Hayward.
0: But, I, yeah. So
1: I take Julius Randle, Giannis, and then Andre Drummond, 18 points per game. Obviously, 2.7 assists, but he's not someone he's not a playmaker by any means but when you're getting 18 points a game and then he's leading the league in boards on with 14.6 and he's playing amazingly on defense right so that's why i think i might just give it to him um then i could have just give it to him just for that defense that rebounding with 18 points per game i think deserves it
0: all right well, I I don't know. Who, I'm going to ask you this question. Who would the captains be if there was an all-star game with the draft now, and everything?
1: Who will the captains be? Will Most, the captains with, be? It'll be LeBron and, and and KD.
0: Right. It'll be LeBron and KD because who it's a I fan vote besides the captains. Be? Yeah. I'd give that it.
1: to Luca and Bradley. We'll...
0: I agree with that one, but... I, will. They like name. They'll name an all-star team, right? It's there's just won't be a game.
1: I'm pretty sure there might be a game, or did they? I it?
0: I there were a bit of a there was some talks about it. I'm pretty sure, and then LeBron he, LeBron came out and said, "Why play it? There's no real point." That he wouldn't play in it, so yeah, I you gotta <laughs> they're gonna take that into a ton of consideration. Yeah. But let's move on to. Everyone's favorite segment, Rankings Friday. And since it is the episode before the Super Bowl, we are ranking our top ten Super Bowls. Yeah, Rafi, kick it up, kick it off. With, right, so, honorable mentions um, well, 10. do you have
1: any honorable mentions? I don't. Neither do I. So I think for the first time ever in Rankings Friday, we're going straight into the top ten. This
0: is history here, folks.
1: Yeah. So um my um first my first one will be super bowl xvi um i'll just be i saw the roman numerals for these so i'll be throwing those in Mm -hmm. but um it was the 49ers beat the Bengals 26 to 21 um And what's just the big thing about this is it was a great game because it's the 1982 Super Bowl. The 49ers led at halftime, 20 to zero, and then the Bengals come out of the half, hold the 49ers to six more points the whole game, and then score 21. It ends up being a close game, 26 to 21. They almost came back to win that game Um, with um, with Ken Anderson having an amazing game. And um, I just think that deserves on that list just for that comeback that almost that was almost completed.
0: All right, I'll move on to my number ten, which is I do not do Roman numerals. I I despise Roman numerals. I think they're annoying. But I'm going Super Bowl 13, Steelers 35, Cowboys 31, capped off a legendary Steelers 70s with three rings or the first team to three rings come in unquestioned dynasty um great game high scoring game yeah
1: yeah um I think in reality that one might deserve it but at 10 but the Steelers won so no right um so my next one is going to be I'll just say Super Bowl four 1971. More commonly known as the Blunder Bowl, the Colts beat the Cowboys 16 to 13. Oh, I've
0: never heard the Blunder Bowl before.
1: It's very famous because, basically, it's known as both teams played terribly, and it was a complete tear. Like, um, but it it so was. So I good.
0: why is this at number nine for it you? It was
1: good because it was a very close game, and like there was an amazing finish, but. There were eleven total turnovers and a missed PAT, which was a bigger deal back then because it was a twenty-yard um, one, and um and it all I just had to put it on here because the Baltimore Colts were on it, um, right? And yeah, and then
0: um all right,
1: um yeah, and then of course, and then basically, um in the end. Uh, they in the second quarter, the Colts, obviously Hall of Fame, all-time quarterback Johnny Unitas got hurt. And um, they had an amazing game-clinching interception by Mike Curtis um, to set up a 32-yard field goal with five seconds left. And it was an amazing finish to a game that had stayed close throughout the whole game, but was... Hit that, but even though both teams played terribly, but it was right. an exciting finish and it was an interesting game.
0: of my number nine. It is a Niners Bengals one. It is Super Bowl 23, 49ers 20, Bengals 16. Legendary 49ers head coach Blair, not Blair Walsh. Bill Walsh announces his retirement in the locker room after the game. Caps off the third Super Bowl of the 90s for the Niners. Uh, legendary Joe Montana years. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I have that one a bit lower on the list. Or again, higher. I never know which one. is. Yeah, I, I
0: never know what to say.
1: But, um, uh, yeah, so, that's a good one. My next one is Super Bowl um, XXV. Um, um, see, um Super Bowl 1991, the Giants beat the Bills 20 to 19. Um and it's really on here because it is the best game of the Bills Super Bowl era, if that's what you want to call it. Right. They made the Super Bowl four years in a row, lost the Super Bowl four years in a row, devastating for Bills fans. But um you know, Jim Kelly was their quarterback. Um yeah. And it just happened time and time and time and time again and I it just has to get on here because you got to have one Super Bowl from the that era and this was definitely a great one.
0: I also have Super Bowl 25 because I hate roman numerals at my number 8 spot. But Giants 20 Bills 19 Scott Norwood miss, missed field goal to lose the game. As you said, the first of the four blunders for the Bills. Watched a uh, thirty for thirty a little while ago about the I think it was
1: yes yeah, so about I. the
0: Bills thing. That was pretty yeah, good.
1: It was I mean that one mainly focused on uh, the Bills fans and Jimmy right. Kelly,
0: but that was a pretty good documentary. But yeah. Scott Norwood misses the kick, and yeah, Giants go on to win. Yeah. The uh, Second ever Super well, Bowl.
1: Yeah, I'll say, um, during the Ravens game after Tucker missed two field goals, someone I know who's a Bills fan texted me and said, "It's the curse of the Bills." He can talk to Scott Norwood. Right. But um, yeah, um, so my Super Bowl seven is one that you already mentioned. It's Super Bowl X X, I I I. Yeah. Um. Which was, of course, played in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, the 49ers beat the Bengals 20 to 16, and obviously, legendary coach um, Bill Walsh um, retired before that game. And there's the the famous thing, you know, um, um, the famous line that Joe Montana said. So basically they were in the huddle on the first play, um, which would end up being a ninety two yard game winning drive. And um he saw John Candy in the stands, who is an actor, and pointed out, Hey, that's John isn't that John Candy? And it's a famous line and immediately then went um, to,
0: um to start one of the
1: One of the best, you know, game-winning Super Bowl drives of all time. All Um, right, I'll move on. Yeah.
0: To my number seven, seven, right? You might, you definitely have it a bit lower, but I have Super Bowl forty-seven, Ravens, Ravens thirty-four, Niners thirty-one.
1: Your number
0: seven or six? Seven, I think. Number seven. A legendary Super Bowl. Obviously, the lights went out. Um, uh, Colin Kaepernick for the Niners and Joe Flacco in 2012 in his one excellent season.
1: Well, I'll, for I'll the talk Ravens. about that
0: more right when I
1: have it on my list. But I would not call would, that a Joe Flacco excellent season.
0: The playoffs were good, but. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the last play of that game, the Ravens used my, one of my favorite things in all of football, the safety punt strategy. You just hold the other team on the last punt of the game and you just take the safety and end the game. Yeah, well, we had to have
1: the last, the last second punt, but right. Josh were, um got the tackle.
0: Right. So you move on now.
1: All right,
0: so my next one
1: was Super Bowl LII. We all well, we all um, remember this Super Bowl. Um, it was in 2018. It was a little bit it started the downfall of Tom Brady because um, obviously the next year went, obviously Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl now. So hard to say the downfall, but, um, started the end of his career with the Patriots. Um, uh, you know, um, I mean, not even that because they won the Super Bowl next year, but Brandon Eagles beat the Patriots 41 to 33, um, obviously famous, um, Nick Foles came in after Carson Wentz who had had an amazing year, um got injured, and then Nick Foles, obviously the famous play, the Philly special, where Trey Burton threw a touchdown pass to quarterback Nick Foles. Right. Um, and, um yeah, and it definitely um, deserves to be on this list. Brandon Graham forced fumble on Tom Brady. And, yeah, it was a great game.
0: Yeah, I'll move on to my number six. I had that game – Bit lower down, but I'll move on to my number six. It is Super Bowl thirty-four, Rams twenty-three, Titans sixteen. The the one short game where Rams were able to stop the Titans. where on the reach, stopped them at the one to end the game. Kurt Warner's won Super Bowl victory. I Kurt Warner's just a legendary guy, super cool guy. Went from. And groceries to win in Super Bowls in like two years, but that's besides the point. Legendary moment means legendary Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, my next one, I think you'll definitely have it lower, but I have Super Bowl XLII, 2008 Super Bowl. Giants beat the Patriots 17 to 14. Obviously, um, the what? Um nine and seven Giants? Nine and seven wildcard team giants. The giants beat the undefeated Patriots. Very well known for um the helmet catch. Right. as a, as it has been known um by today. Eli Manning was getting heavily heavily pressured and then he sees um David Tyree on just a flyer post route going deep. And David Tyree caught it but couldn't hold on to it, so he just put it on his helmet and held it on his helmet and came down with it and held on to it. And, um, yeah, it was a very good catch, in my opinion, the best catch in NFL history.
0: I definitely agree with you on that one. I have it a bit lower. I'll move on to my my number five, the Super Bowl 43. Steelers, 27, Cardinals, 23. Uh, known for the legendary pass and catch. Beautiful throw by Ben Roethlisberger. Beautiful catch by Santonio Holmes. When they're, at that time, record-breaking sixth Super Bowl, the Steelers. I think the throw was better than the catch, but that's a debate for the for another time. But. Kurt Warner put up a great fight. I think that performance pushed him into the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, great Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I have that one a little bit lower. Obviously known for the catch. Antonio Holmes, who had some good years for them, made the amazing catch. I would probably, I mean, agree maybe that it was um, more the throw than the catch, but it was still an amazing catch.
0: Um, Right.
1: And you can't deny that.
0: Yeah.
1: But my number four, now I have it as number four, but we all know that it's the best Super Bowl in NFL history. That's False. Super Bowl XLVII, um, played in 2013, 2012 season. Ravens beat the San Francisco 49ers 34 to 31. Now, you said earlier, great season by Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. We had a good offense that year. Joe Flacco was not the pure reason for that. Joe Flacco had an amazing playoffs. And obviously, it was Ray Lewis's last game. Um, He ended out on a great one. Um, Now, basically what happened was the Ravens were getting – the Ravens were killing the 49ers. And then, eventually, Roger Goodell didn't like the ratings – Um, because they weren't getting as much money and the ratings were too low, so Roger Goodell turned the lights off. And um that's a
0: conspiracy for another time. It is, but it is one of the more more reasonable and more reasonable conspiracy theories that many people believe.
1: It's not like a crazy conspiracy theory that's so stupid. It's a reasonable theory. Um and then after that it became a close game, but the Ravens the Ravens ended up with it. Ed Reed with the 101, or I don't know if it's 101 yards, but he had a pick six in that game. Jacoby Jones with the longest kickoff return touchdown, um, for the playoffs in NFL history. Although was was there one this year that beat it? I think there might have been.
0: Um, I don't know.
1: But um, yeah. So.
0: All right. I'll we'll move on mm-hmm. to my number four. Already mentioned it, but it's Super Bowl 52, Eagles 41, Patriots 33. It is legendary Super Bowl, it will forever be known as the Nick Foles game. But Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, is backup quarterback. Obviously, the Philly special, um, Patriots almost come back, but yeah, just a all around great Super Bowl. It had everything. Had an exciting backup story. Had a good game and had Tom Brady losing.
1: Yeah. Tom Brady losing. Most important ingredient ingredient for a good Super Bowl besides Ravens winning. Um next one is Super Bowl for me, Super Bowl X L I I I. Two thousand eight season played in two thousand nine. Gabe already had this one. Steelers beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to twenty-three. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger in the. Uh, I mean, it, the the Steelers were winning twenty to seven in, in the fourth quarter, and then the Cardinals had a great comeback to cut it close to twenty three to twenty to go ahead twenty three to twenty, and then um, the Steelers drove down the field and ended the game with an amazing touchdown throw and an amazing catch by Santonio Holmes. And yeah, I think it deserves to be number three as much as I hate that the Steelers won it.
0: All right, I'm on to mine number three, Super Bowl Forty Nine, Patriots Twenty Eight, Seahawks Twenty Four. The only thing I have to say is the Seahawks should have ran the ball. Yeah. But obviously, legendary Malcolm Butler interception. Um. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, just. I I miss prime Seattle Seahawks, but yeah, that's besides yeah. the point.
1: Um my number two is also that Super Bowl XLIX. Um 2014 season played in 2015. Amazing game. Patriots won twenty eight twenty-four, as you said. Obviously toward at the end of the game, the Seahawks had the ball at the Patriots won. They're on the goal line. And um and first first and goal and they decide to start off passing it instead of running the ball, which was right. comically stupid. Saying that they had a prime Marshawn Lynch who was doing insane, and, right? Um, and then yeah, Malcolm Butler. I mean, it wasn't just the play call. Malcolm Butler did make an amazing play to get the pick, but they one hundred. But it was
0: mostly like, like Malcolm Butler should never even been in the position to get the interception. Yeah. Also, okay. want to say. And one thing about Malcolm Butler it has has to do with the Eagles Patriots game. The why was Malcolm Butler benched minutes before the Super Bowl? Was it Bill Belichick throwing to get Tom Brady off the team? Who knows? But
1: well, yeah, Malcolm. Well, that was Malcolm Butler. Was that his last game as a Patriot or no?
0: I think it was.
1: Yeah, that might. I think been he left
0: him. for the Titans.
1: That might have just been him, but
0: no, no, I remember on. it. There was a lot of there was a, a lot of drama at the trade deadline because they traded Jimmy because Bill Belichick reportedly wanted to trade Brady over Jimmy G but Kraft wanted to keep Brady so they traded Jimmy G and Bill didn't like it so tried to throw the Super Bowl who knows but we'll never find out um, yeah we'll move on to my number two. Bit high because of bias, but it's Super Bowl forty-two, Giants seventeen, Patriots fourteen. Um, I I've heard this story before of a reporter who was in the bathroom during the helmet catch drive and was on the phone with and with his buddy who was watching the game, and he was like. During the David Tyree catch, he was like, "Oh, Mending escapes the pressure and hits Tyree for a first down." And then he explained then he went back and saw the Plaxico Burris game when he touched down catch. So after the game, because he's a journalist, he rushed onto the field. He went to go immediately interview Plaxico Burris because he thought there would be a storm of reporters going to go interview him because he just caught the game when he touched on the Super Bowl. But he looks over and he sees mobs and mobs of people over at David Tyree, what? just... So he was talking to his friend while he
1: was going to the bathroom?
0: Yes, because it's the game-winning drive at the Super Bowl. So
1: don't go to the bathroom.
0: Uh, who knows? What, whatever he was doing. But, yeah. Yeah. Legendary, legendary story, story. Legendary moment.
1: Name. Obviously, Plaxico Burris didn't end up having making the best decisions, but... No,
0: that... Plaxico Burris... One of the weirdest ways you can What did treat he himself. even
1: go to jail for again?
0: He had a gun in his pocket and he tripped or something and he accidentally fired the trigger and shot himself in the leg. Yeah. So and he
1: was carrying the gun illegally?
0: Yeah, or whatever it was, but just stupid, yeah, stupid thing. Right, so you move on to my number one, to no, your number one. Yeah, and then, uh, no, it's the same as mine. But...
1: it's definitely gonna be the same Super Bowl L I. Uh, 2016 season we played in 2017 first Super Bowl ever to go into to overtime the Patriots obviously it's famous and it has set up a road for the Falcons um blowing leads starting with this in the third quarter they were in a great position they were winning 28 to 3 then there was an amazing Tom Brady comeback um and they ended up going into overtime the patriots won it i think there was a huge face mask call that was missed um that could have prevented overtime and just had the falcons win it right there but um but yeah and it just set up it set up for the beginning of just lots of legendary falcons, falcons, legendary falcons moments blown leads. right and eventually made them known for just blowing leads. Right,
0: that's what the Falcons are now. They are the team that blows leads. Yeah, and but
1: there's the that... whole thing about how um, Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, coming down to get ready to accept the Super Bowl trophy. Right. And then getting his heart broken.
0: Yeah. Um, I visibly remember that Super Bowl. I was in California for, I think, a bat mitzvah. And flying back the night of the Super Bowl against my will. But I had to fly back. And so had the... Were you able to watch it? No, because there were no airplanes on the flight. But they had the the flight attendant would announce the game anytime we scored and got off a plane at the end of the first quarter about. Was watching the second quarter while getting our bags, listening to the third quarter in the car. Got home about in the middle of the fourth quarter and just, boom, just Falcons just implode. Turnover after turnover. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy game. You got to feel bad for Falcons fans. Right. Just even feel bad for Atlanta sports fans.
0: Atlanta sports just have it rough right now, but yeah. All right, that wraps up today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Have a beautiful Super Bowl weekend. Check out our website, www.allstarsportspod.com and our Instagram at allstarsportspodcast. And we hope to see you next time. Peace out.